Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Thank you, Pastor Nicole. I'm just going to continue in that vein for another couple of minutes. So we'll keep the music going. That'd be great. Yeah. Because I've got something to speak over you, Tom, as well. <laughs> Tom's day. God says, write the vision down. I don't know if you've got a vision yet, but God's saying, write it down. Because there are things in your heart that Cole's touched on. God says, write it down so you can see it and so you can pray over it. And you are much more, you are capable of much more than you think you are. So make your vision big. Write it down. Pray big, believe big. I don't know the timing of it, but God wants to mobilize you. So no more spectating. You're in. You're in. Hands on. And I want to pray for our worship team. So, Chris, you want to stand up, please? Brett, where are you? Stand up, mate. Uh, Mitch? Yeah. Yeah. Just want to let you guys know how much you're appreciated. How significant you are in the house. And I know, Shadow, you've had visions. You've seen waterfalls. Shadow's seen waterfalls in this place. Holy Spirit flowing, coming down from above. And I want you to know that you're not on your own. We are with you. We believe. We are praying into that. We are praying over you. We are praying for you. That includes all you guys. So we want to pray. Let's reach out our hands to these guys, Lord. We thank you for the gift of praise and worship. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you've placed in these people, Lord. And Father, we call those gifts forth in power and in authority, Lord God. And Father, as they are gifted in music, as they are gifted in the natural, anoint them now with the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit, that joy would be theirs, that prophetic uh, edge would be theirs, Lord God. Father, we thank you that they see heaven, they lead us into heaven, Lord God, and they lead us with a with that with an attitude, with a voice, and with a shout of victory, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for your blessing upon these uh, on our worship team, Lord. And Father, we pray, we seek, Lord, and we declare that it's not just in this house, you put this house on a hill, Lord God. So we thank you, God, as glory falls upon this house and fills this room. We pray it overflows to the streets and the homes that surround us, Lord. Father, we so appreciate the gift of these people. We appreciate the gifts in them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I want to keep going the whole time, but no, no, you can take a seat. You'll be back. No, no, you can. Take a break. You could go forever. Thank you, church. It's so good to be here. And I'm excited because I'm going to be speaking out of the red letters today. And if you don't know what the red letters are, you can get some Bible translations that wherever Jesus speaks, they put it in red. So we know it's something significant and it's something important. So I'm going to read straight out of that. So I want you to lean in. Are you on the front foot? Because it's not me speaking today. It's Jesus is actually speaking to you. And I want to continue what we've had as a, a loose uh, series on the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And it's a very significant uh, theme for us to get a hold of. Uh, when Jesus started his ministry, you can read those early verses and those early scriptures, and Jesus has two messages. He says, repent. That's a good one for us. Repent. 
All those, the, the old way of thinking, the old way you've been doing life, turn away from that and look to me, follow me, find a new way of living which will bring you real life, which will bring you a real future. So he says, repent. And then he says, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And for a lot of what he does over the next three years is about trying to teach us what the kingdom of heaven is about. Because as Nicole started this series off, it's an upside down kingdom. It's not the sort of kingdom that certainly the people at that time when they were um, walking around listening to Jesus, it's not how they would have thought a normal kingdom would be. So Jesus is at pains to say the kingdom of heaven is like many, many times. We're going to read out of Matthew 13 and there's Many times he goes, the kingdom of heaven is like, think of it as seed on the ground. Think of it as fish caught in a net. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who finds a pearl in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who finds treasure and then goes away and sells everything else and grabs it. The kingdom of heaven is like a little seed, like a mustard seed, and it will grow into this giant bush. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast when it's thrown in. So he's trying and trying to get us, hello, the kingdom of heaven is here, it's like this. And he spends a lot of time teaching in parables and using images and metaphors or allegories. I don't know what it is, I'm not an English teacher, but I know it's somewhere in there, trying to give us an idea of, of what heaven is like. And the thing about, he teaches in parables, and the thing about parables is you can chew on them. So I'm going to go through one of the parables that is in Matthew 13 today and talk about it, but I'm not sure I've got all the answers. And I'm pretty happy with that. I'm actually happy if you go away and go, I'm going to chew on that a little bit more. Because the Word of God is real treasure. God says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search a matter out. And so if, we, if I don't give you all the answers, if you've got more questions than you came in with, I'm not too unhappy about that because I think the parables are there for us to chew on and to, to think about. Jesus came from heaven, says, we, we, we don't know what heaven's like, we don't know what the Father is like, only the one who came from heaven can tell us. So in John chapter 1, we're told Jesus came to reveal. He came to reveal the Father, he came to reveal what heaven is like. So I'm going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus says. So let's look into that truth and see what the Holy Spirit can reveal to us. And as I read through the parable, I want you to, to, to see three things, because then Jesus answers three really big questions that we have as humans. The first one is, why is the world the way it is? Because it's beautiful and wonderful on the one hand, but there's an awful lot of brokenness and suffering and pain as, as well. Jesus, why is this? Why is the world the way it is? Number two, what are you going to do about it, God? God, there's suffering and there's pain. It's brokenness. What, what are you going to do about it? And the third question is, what do you want me to do about it? What should I be doing? What should I be putting my hand to? What should I be putting my prayers to? What should I be putting my... What should I be doing, Lord? What do you want me to do? So the parable goes something like this. This isn't me talking. This isn't Jesus talking. Just imagine you're sitting around. This is an accurate record of what he says. Jesus told them another parable. Another one. Making sure we understand that our understanding, our grasp of the kingdom of heaven is really central to our Christian walk. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. 
But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, don't you, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? And as you read through this parable, we, we can sort of identify it as the workers or as the wheat. You do both. It's a great parable. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he said, don't do that. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. You're better off being a wheat than you are a weed. You want to be a wheat. Usually when Jesus finishes off his parables, he'll go, if you have ears, then if you hear it, not well. So on, okay? However, in this case, the, the apostles actually go, well, can you actually tell us what, what the parable means? What, what, what do the images mean? And so as we read on down in verse 36, then he left the crowd and went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, could you please explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field? Right, so there's no messing around here. We are going to get it exactly as it is. And whether we agree with it, whether we think that's not the way I think the world works or it's not working that way, Jesus is telling us this is, this is how it is. This is the kingdom of heaven. No surprises. This is the kingdom of heaven. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. The field is the world. Easy so far? Yep. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. Put your hand up if Jesus is your, the people of the kingdom. What should we be doing with our life? God has sown us into the world to grow and to bear fruit. Okay. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. So the world is filled with people who follow Jesus and people who don't. The world is full of wheat and weeds. And the enemy who sows it is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. You are not a harvester. Okay, the angels are. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and who do evil. What is God doing about the brokenness and the pain and the sin in the world? He's waiting for the appropriate time. He's waiting for the perfect time. At the end of the age, he will do something. He will get the hell out of the world. Let's leave it to him. Okay. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we should feel sad about the weeds. Not victorious that weeds are going to wear eternal damnation. <coughs> then the righteous, that's you and me, we will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father and whoever has ears, let him hear. We've got a wonderful destiny, each one of us, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour, if you believe in your heart, 
that he died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again and has given us eternal life, then you have got a wonderful future. No matter what we might be going through at the moment, we know in the end we will shine like the sun forever and ever in the presence of our Father. Jesus is telling us that. Make sure we remind ourselves of that whenever we're going through things. So, those three questions. God, why is the world, why, why is there so much brokenness? And he says, well, I'll tell you why. There's an evil one who's sown evil into the world. We have an enemy called the devil. Number two, God, what are you going to do about it? At the most appropriate time, I'm going to bring sin and death and the weeds, uh, those things that cause the brokenness in the world, I will do away with it and it will be done at the most appropriate time. What do you want me to do about it? God, what would you like me to do? I would like you to be a really good plant. I would like you to be a really good wheat and grow and bear fruit. So the workers ask two questions. Why all the weeds? Where did the weeds come from? Do you ever feel surrounded by weeds? Don't look around the room. <laughs> well, you're in the right place. It's biblical. Sometimes we go where we're overwhelmed by weeds. We don't want that. Right? But if you're going, God, Jesus, I thought this was the kingdom. Why are there so many weeds? Jesus says, I told you. There's an enemy who has sown that. You're in the right place. I know that. It's biblical. I told you that was going to happen beforehand. That's why I've given you praise. That's why I've given you worship. That's why I've given you the Word, the Bible. That's why I've given you prayer. That's why I've given you a community, because I know there are going to be weeds that we will be surrounded by will be part of our life. I mean, I, I did my little news feed this week. I wrote down some of the things that were basically through my news feed. Are you ready for it? Okay, weeds, weeds. So many weeds. But now I know, I expect them. And I'm not overwhelmed by them, because Jesus told me there would be weeds. But he also told me that when it comes to the end of the age, those weeds will be gone. And he also told me that I'm a weed plant. And the way to cope with the weeds is to be a really good weed plant. Let me tell you what was on my newsfeed. A steady diet of inflation, rate rises, war, conflict. And if I scroll down and go to the entertainment pages, it's all about um, married at first sight and what the conflicts that are going on in there. And so no matter where you go, it's conflict, 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 worry, worry, worry. There's people in the world who are gossipers, slanderers, cheaters, stealers, liars, envious. Am I making you feel good about things? <laughs> Lustful, people who are hurting, people who are lonely. We can let them overwhelm us. But we read the power Jesus says that's how it is. There will be weeds in the world and there will be wheat in the world. And at the most appropriate time, I will deal with them. So the, the, weed, the, the, the workers ask, where did the weeds come from? And this is not comfortable for us to read, I'm going to read on a little bit, but it's clarity as well. It's truth. And if we know the truth, then the truth will set us free because we know what we're up against and what we can do about it and get more confident about what is happening. We're not overwhelmed by the Jesus. Why all the weeds? I thought this was the kingdom. That's biblical. Well, I know what it's all about, and I know how to uh, counteract it. I know what to do. Jesus says an enemy did this. He's not referring to the Romans. 
I'm not referring to the religious leaders. This is why it was so hard for people to grasp what the truth was all about. He's referring to darker realities, unseen spiritual forces that act in people's lives and will influence them. Paul says, you don't wrestle flesh and blood. You wrestle principalities and powers. So Jesus says an enemy did this. The root of all our issues is that evil has intruded into our lives and it's come from our enemy. Now we go back to the story of Genesis and it starts off, God created the heavens and the earth and said it's really, really good. This is great. And heaven and earth were two separate spaces but were also in community. A communion. Uh, I love that God walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. Can you think of anything more peaceful or content in the cool of the evening? I don't think so. It was wonderful and it was perfect. Hell had nothing to do with God's perfect plan. Sometimes we think heaven and hell are the opposites. God didn't allow the opposites. But they weren't the way God intended it from the start. It was heaven and earth. Earth was the counterpoint of heaven. And the two were together. So then what happens is the devil moves in. And God had given the earth uh, into our hands. He'd given us dominion over creation and made us stewards, made us his image bearers. That's a pretty good gift to give us. And he also gave us a lot of you know, the dignity of choice. And we get to choose. He gave that as a wonderful gift as well. But the devil moved in and sowed envy, doubt, uncertainty, greed, lust. I want to be like God. I want to be like Him. He sowed those into their heart. Then He sowed them into the world. So humans seized autonomy from God. God, we will divide. So we will define good and evil for ourselves. And look where that has got us. The devil was never part of God's plan of creation. He's an intruder. So God was pushed out, but not entirely because it's his creation. But we did say, God, see the hand. Uh, and we became ushers of evil into the world. We have moments in our life when we, we, we do that ourselves. We, we allow sin to, to, to take hold of us and sometimes we can go, who sowed the, who sowed the weed over there? When we're busy sowing weed over here, we've got to make sure our hearts are guarded. We know that. Hell's not a future reality. Hell can be present in a current reality. Let me read to you from James chapter 3. I'm not sure if it's up there, but... Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. For the tongue also is a fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. I think we know where we're going with this. It corrupts the whole person. It sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. If we're not careful, we can be weed sowers. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Aha. Hell can be a current reality. And as much as we are uh, saved and as much as we walk in the salvation and in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we can still be those 
who will bring and sow weeds into the current situation and circumstance. We've got to be very, very careful. Matthew 23, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, you hypocrites, you go all over the world searching for, for converts and you make them more a child of hell than you are. Talking about hypocrisy and being religious and not... not the thing is, we can, if we're not careful, be those people who are so in hell now because we are corrupted. If it's not for the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And that's not good news. We don't want to choose hell, but sometimes we do. We just, it's the way we are. We've fallen. But we can have good news because we know that Jesus will do something about it and he will get the hell out of the earth. His mercy will deal with it and has dealt with it through the cross and through the grace of that sacrifice, his broken body and his blood. So we're going to come to that in a minute. Now, please, the takeaway is not that you are weeds, right? It's just that we're capable of weed behaviour sometimes and we should be aware of that. We don't want to contribute to what the issue is. So what do we do in the meantime? What does Jesus want you to do? Well, workers go, let's go pull up the weeds, Jesus. Let's go out and do some weed whacking. Let's pull them up. We want to be helpful, don't you? Don't you want to rid the world of evil? Let's, let's find the weeds and let's pull them up. That's a bad idea, Jesus says. Because you're a poor judge. What you think is a weed is in fact weed. And vice versa, put a picture of that, the green picture of it. Is there a green picture there? There you go. There you go. That's a field. 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 Filled with weeds and wheat. Which one's which? Well, in the other stages, you don't know. That's not the question I've asked. So he says, let them grow together. Leave it to me. Because wheat and weeds are very similar. And you are going to be a poor evaluator. Because we think we're such good discerners, don't we? And we're ready to dish out judgment. Weed. Weed. That person's a weed. <laughs> we want to be the Jesus police. <laughs> hey Jesus, I found a weed. Over here. He goes to church, but I've seen his web browser. And he's not very good or nice to his wife. He's a weed. He looks like a weed again. He's a weed. Look over here, Jesus. Here's a weed, another weed. This person doesn't even go to church. This person, in fact, I've heard this person say that religion is and Christianity is stupid. I don't know. But we, we, we do that. We overstep the boundary from being followers of Jesus to actually doing Jesus' job for him. We're not called to condemn. We're not called to judge. We're called to discern. But we've got to really guard our heart. Because here's our big problem. Jesus is saying, don't, don't allow yourself, let me deal with the weeds. Pray for them. Pray for the weeds. We tend to, I'll speak for myself, I tend to maximise my own faults, sorry, maximise others' faults and minimise my own faults. And the Bible has a word for that. It starts with H, rhymes, for, rhymes with hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. <laughs> We get a sense of pride. Well, of course, I'm a weed, and everybody else is a weed. In fact, I think I'm the only weed plant around in my life. God says, You've got one job. 
He says, be wheat. Don't worry about the weeds. But the weeds take care of themselves. When I was playing around this morning, I went for a walk on the beach and people were passing me. I was going, weed, 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 weed. Because I was looking at what people looked like. And I was making a judgment call. I mean, I, you know, I don't know where that thought came from. But we've got to be really, really careful. Because God says, you, 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 you judge what you see. I judge the heart. So simply put, be weak. You've got one job. This is what Jesus' plan is. Let's not mess with it. What does Jesus say he, he, he's doing? He's the son of man and he's sown his followers, his disciples, into the world as wheat. So, so that's his plan. So let's get on board with the plan and let's just be really good wheat plants. Let's grow ourselves. That's why we have Bible prayer community. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have church on a, on a Sunday. That's why we have all sorts of stuff going on. And, and other things, of course. What's Jesus' response to the evil in the world? It's to sow you and it's to sow me. Through us, the good news is made manifest in the world. It's a simple parable, isn't it? My solution is to sow good people into the world. So someone needs you to be generous. Someone needs you, needs your wisdom, your Holy Spirit wisdom. And can I just say something, you know, when, when we pray prophetically over people, often it's not just for them. It's just that we can't sometimes reach up there. And when I say to Tom, write the vision down, Tom, and you are much more capable than you think you are, that can be for other people as well. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit. He knows what's going on. He knows what you need. The other word I had when I was sitting down was, you're not alone. Sometimes we can feel alone. The Holy Spirit, God knows exactly what's going on in your life and in your heart, and he can, he, 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 he knows. And that's why these, these, these gatherings are so important. Okay? Other people, your community is important. The Word of God is the Spirit in the presence of God. So God knows what's going on. He's got the answer for you. So someone needs your kindness. Someone needs your patience. Someone needs you to give them the reason for the hope that you have. Sharing, sharing your faith. This is called fruit of the spirit. That's what the wheat plant does. The wheat plant produces seeds or you know wheat fruit. God wants us to do that. That's the reason He's put us into the world. There's so many weeds out there. We need more wheat plant. Someone needs you to pray for them. It's a hurting world that's filled with weeds, but Jesus has done something about it. He's died for them. He's given His life for them. And we can be the ministers of that grace and the ministers of that truth just by being good wheat plants, being those people who are planted in the house, those people who look to God, those people who are seeking God's presence each and every day. Does this mean you can't judge and confront and call out evil that you see? No, it doesn't. It means you still can do that. Be careful. Sex trafficking right? is an evil. It's got to be called out and it should be eliminated. Domestic violence, racially motivated violence, should be confronted and called out. Indiscriminate war, the peddling of drugs for profit, lies, cheating, stealing, those things shouldn't go unchecked. I don't think Jesus is saying don't act on injustice. No, I don't think he's saying that. 
Remember, Jesus wants to remove evil from the world, but I think he does want us to guard our hearts. And I think he does want us to leave eternal damnation and final judgment up to him. I think he does want us to remember that the root of this evil lies with the devil and dark forces, and it's that that needs to be confronted by the cross and with our prayer, because the perpetrators of these evils are themselves victims, and need the prayers of the people of faith to bring them their freedom, to grow, to grow the wheat. And however we tackle evil, it's important to remember Jesus is more serious about removing sin from our world than we are. So as we go around pointing out the wheat, it's very wise to keep an eye on our own heart, because we would be pretty satisfied if we got rid of sex trafficking. We go, hooray, we've got rid of sex trafficking and we can be satisfied with that. Jesus wants lust gone from every heart. We're going to be satisfied if we put an end to war. Jesus wants all pride and envy and greed gone from our hearts. So sometimes we feel like we're a mix of both weed and wheat, doesn't it? But Jesus has come and that is the good news and he provides the solution. It's his body broken on the cross. It's sacrifice of his life given to redeem all of mankind. We are weak, but only because we are in Christ. Our sin is covered by his grace. We are weak, but only because of his cross. So part of the problem of preaching this message on a topic like this is that you will go away wondering, am I weak or am I weak? And I know, given how things operate, how the devil wants to get to us, that if we're not careful, we'll go away thinking I'm probably more a weed than a weed. That's just the way our fallen nature thinks. I've got to tell you, you are not. If you are in Christ, then you are a wheat plant. God may still need to do the work in you, might still need to get the scalpel out and cut a few little things out. But if you are in Christ, he sees you as a wheat plant. He sees the wheat behavior gone and covered by his blood. In this parable, Jesus tells of two plants, two types of people. You're a wheat plant or you're a weed. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and he says, there are two types of people. Jesus calls them wheat and weeds. Paul says, those who are in Adam and those who are in Christ. And again, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe he died for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, lives eternally and has called us to that, then we are in Christ. Let me read this. The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became the life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth. That's Adam. Wheat. Wheat. The second man, Jesus. Wheat. The second man is Yahweh from the realm of heaven. As wheat plants, we are from the realm of heaven. We've been redeemed. The first one 
was made from the dust. Adam has a race of people just like him who are also made from the dust. Weeds. Unregenerated people. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Weeds. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. Let us be confident. We carry the likeness of the man of heaven, sown into the world as wheat, by Jesus, to do what? To grow wheat, to bring his life, to bring his spirit. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is a, like a, a, a spring, a stream that wells up in you and overflows. And out of your belly, out of our belly, flow rivers of living water. It's another way of saying you're wheat. You bring life, you bring life. So Jesus is the last Adam. He ended Adam's race. He began a new species of human who are washed clean by the blood of Jesus and then are indwelt by the Holy Spirit to carry the life of Christ within. In God's eyes, there are only two men, Adam and Christ, weeds and weed. Every human being is a copy of one or the other. To be in Adam is to be lost and merely human, but to be in Christ is to be wrapped into the anointed one as one who carries the life of Christ within. So faith in Christ will make you a weak plant, qualifies you for the new heaven and earth and for eternal life. What does that mean for us in relation to the weeds? We pray for them. We believe for them. It's a tragedy. We want them to be where we are. We want them to know Jesus and the life of Jesus. His grace and his cross is for everybody. So we want to be about what Jesus intended us to be about, his plan. What's his plan? It's not complicated. I have sown you into the world. Why? So you can be wheat, so you can produce fruit, so you can produce a crop. So we repent, we become a humble servant, we tell the good news and we let Jesus deal with the evil that is in the world at just the right time. So let me pray. Because I know there's a world full of weeds and sometimes we can be overcome by it. But Jesus says, that's why I've given you prayer. That's why I've given you the Word of God. That's why I've given you songs of praise and songs of joy so you can build yourself strong. The way to overcome the world is to build yourself strong in the things of God. Jesus. 
and you are strengthened in the truth that in Christ you are destined to shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. So if you need an injection of faith this afternoon, if you need to know anew that God has his hand upon you, if you want to be fired up again with that clarity of vision and that clarity of purpose, just ask that of God now. as a word from God that seals that truth. For we thank you, God, for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stand stable, and endure. Live your lives as good wheat plants with an unshakable confidence. For we know that we prosper in the Lord, that we excel in every season by serving the Lord. For we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labour productive with fruit that will endure. And we pray that and seal that in the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.